Okay, hi guys, uh, welcome to the show. This is Pizza Cultura, part of the Pizza Club Network. Uh, I am your host for today, Tom, along with our resident historian, Peter. Um, we've uh, we got a, a special one today. It's Peter's topic. Um, do you want to do you want to tee it up for us, buddy? Yeah. So the topic is: Do we care about pizza history, and should we care? And uh, my thumbnail answer to that is no. Pretty much, we don't care about pizza history and i say that sadly because i'm been doing a pizza history well you're you're a pizza historian yeah (laughs) well i don't think they have a degree in that yet but i yeah i guess i could be called that and i've been Mm. doing that for 14 years so i've got a lot of personal time invested in the project and uh just 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 apropos of that are are you and scott wiener the only kind of de facto pizza historians or are there there are others well, I'm glad you asked because I have a book to show you. I, I have a few books to show you. So there are a handful of us around the globe. And mm-hmm. if you wanted the definitive history of Neapolitan pizza, you go to um, yeah. Antonio Batozzi's book, Inventing the Pizzeria, which is all about the history of Napoli. If you wanted an early pizza history type book, not totally about Pizza if you go to Evelyn Sloman's book about uh, America and a recent book by Colin Kaplan about New Haven pizza history. And there's another one by Karen Dibus that just came out about Detroit. And Steve Delinsky has done some things about Chicago. So there's um, a handful of them and um, some of them I actually love. So, um, yeah, there they are out there. And uh, I mean, are, are you... Are you and Scott kind of the only style agnostic ones? Because obviously Kaplan is, you know, very much New Haven focused, um, Neapolitan, you know, focused, etc. And you guys take a, a a wider angle, right? Yeah, I, not, I didn't think of it that way, but perhaps that's true. That uh, there are a few of us out there who do it. Some people do it more casually than others, but Scott and I are really. I mean, if you had to say who actively is involved to finding information on the full scope of things that Colin actually has branched out. He, he recently found, I don't know if you saw it online, but he put out an image of the first female pizza maker in, in Naples. Um, no, I think it's in uh, I, I, the Naples. I yeah. He found it in a very obscure Roman uh, b- bookstore. And the book is from the 19th century and it shows a female for the first time that we've actually seen a it's a lithography. So it's not actually a photo of it, but it's a lithography right. of definitely a female um, selling pizza, which is the first example that we have. So we, we knew about it, but now we actually have an example of what she looked like. Oh, OK, very cool. Yeah. But yeah, so this is um, I'm I'm super like. One thing that's sort of uh, notoriously bad about getting invested for so long in a particular project is that you kind of do lose perspective on ordinary of things. Of course. So I you mean, get, you, you know, you, you, you go into numerous rabbit holes and get into the weeds and yeah. it's, it's natural. Yeah. yeah. And it's enormous fun, but I like to talk about this in a general context because it re- sort of re-centers my topic for me so that I can... So I can sort of discover what ordinary folks think about my topic. And so I'd love to talk about that. And so, yeah. So basically to address the title, no, I think probably if I had to guess, my experience has been about 1% of the ordinary folk think 
this topic of pizza history that they actually have a passion for it. Um, Mm. And should they? I think they should have a passion for history in general, but I don't think necessarily, obviously, you need to be passionate about pizza history. But I do think pizza history is one um, sort of window to jump through to find out about your country, your society, your city, who you are. And I think that's really the core of the issue. This whole subject of history, I think, is all about identity. So we're sort of answering the basic question of who are you? You know, who are you as a Chicagoan for me? Who are you as a Londoner? You know, your country, um, your time, um, all these things are about who you are. And if you don't know the history, it's like if you don't travel, it's hard to tell what makes you distinctive as to who I am or you are. And if you don't travel through time, I don't think it's really... I, I don't think it's possible to really know who you are. And so if you're interested in that, which I think everyone deep down is interested in finding out who they are, oh, I yeah. think you've got to go I, there. Yeah. I, I And there seems to be a, a kind of arc in common in that the older we get, the more curious and interested we get about our own history, about family history, genealogy, all that kind of yeah and why is that because we're gonna die soon so we should know like what was the point of this whole thing so there are existential things about this whole topic which are you know during the day in the hum and drama of existence you know you want to make a living so if you're in the industry of making the pizza it's not the topmost thing but i think it undergrows all these topics that it's yeah, that, so fundamental that I think you need to have it to some extent, or at least someone needs to be on that project. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that was what I was going to ask, is whether the kind of corollary of, of our own kind of existential fascination in history then translates onto if you're, a, if you're a pizza maker, if you're a pizzaiolo, then that is part of who you are and part of your history is therefore the, the history of the kind of metier um, and the, the, the craft you're involved in. But I mean, yeah. I, what, what's... What's your so? I mean, the the uh, unless I'm fumbling it, the question was kind of two pronged, right? Like, um, do we care about history, pizza history, and should we? Or sorry, what yes. was it again? That's it. So do, exactly. What's so you think that we do and we sh- we don't no. and we should or we should do? Yeah. What, what's I think we don't for the most part. I think one percent should. of the folks have a passion for it, and honestly, I'd. P- p- passion for it. Mm. And I think probably you should care a little bit about it because, I mean, definitely if you're involved in the pizza world or if you're passionate about the food and you're talking or writing about it to any degree, it really helps to know about the history. Yeah. Yeah. But you'd be surprised. You know, you'd be surprised about folks who could, I mean, it's very easy for, for example, and I've said this before, um, Chicagoans, just as an example, they will talk to the cows come home about thin crust or tavern style, just the name of it. Now, mm. it's not about the type of the pizza. We're just talking about how they label it. That is a huge topic of discussion. OK, so yeah, if you're going to go it's, there, it's the Superman versus Batman of the Chicago pizza scene. Yeah. But I think the point of this whole thing is that's what they identify with. That is their past. And that's what they resent the fact that they're changing the name of something that they always had and they always held dear to them. Oh, and that okay. was always okay. 
thin crust Chicago style pizza. And now within the last 15 years or so, it's gotten gentrified or something. And now it's called tavern style, which they hmm. deeply resent. So, I so mean, that, that's, could... that's just, just to check. Cause uh, I mean, you know, that's a yeah. kind of faux pas that I think I've definitely committed. So no, it's not a faux pas. Call, it's just different. Call, calling it tavern style is, is like the equivalent of saying San Fran to someone from San Francisco. It's like, it's an immediate red flag to some folks. Yes. Okay. To some folks. Yes. Yes. But yeah, I mean, going, going back to, going back to what made me, what made me grimace is, you know, yeah, one would certainly hope that if you are going to write about a topic, expatiate about it, talk about it, you know, whether it's in, you know, something as crappy as the New York Post or something slightly more long form, you would hope that there would be a modicum of, of research and knowledge on that topic. But when you said you'd be surprised, I think, unfortunately, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, reality, well, but. it's an interesting thing because on the surface is, did they do the homework? But I think there's a subtler thing that afflicts a lot of them, my experience has been, and that, and that is the search for a narrative. And that is very tempting. If you're going to do a story, you need to sort of get, you know, who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. Mm -hmm. Chicago, it's bigger, is better because the city of the big shoulders. There's all sorts of like archetypes that are readily available just to pull off the shelf and put right in that paragraph where if you look at the history, it's much more complicated than that. Of course, that's, you know, it doesn't have a convenient narrative to tell about it at times. It's not simple to tell. Um, you need to get into the, you know, it's it's a harder story if you mm. want to make it accurate. And that, you know, for particularly for a subject that I've been doing for f almost 15 years, I hate to say that, but I've been on the deep dish story about how it started and how it sort of evolved. And I'm still learning new things about it. And it's not sort of a simple story that it was invented in 1943 and didn't change until today. And that's all there is to it. No, it's, it's, it was sort of invented in 43. And there was one guy in particular who's the most determinative of, of, of the whole story. But there are a lot of characters involved in it and it did change. So it's complicated to tell that story. I mean, I, I suppose the... So you touched upon a couple of elements here. Like, There's definitely an understandable difference in the should part of the question when it comes to lay people, uh, you know, like casual pizza consumers versus people who are, you know, hardcore entrenched in the scene. I mean, I think if I, I it just seems like an, a natural progression that if you are, you know, as obsessed as, as some of us might be with pizza in general, it's, you know, it's the next kind of, you know, frontier to start learning about the history of the various styles, even if only because, you know, when we go off on massive tangents and bore each other by chatting about this stuff, it's good to know what the hell you're talking about rather than just, you know, pulling things out of your ass as certain That's right. influences That's do. right. Um, um, and then, and the, the other thing I, I was, sorry, yeah, go, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, one of the things to be sort of aware of is that a lot of this history can be manipulated. So a lot of the false history, I mean, just speaking in general, the big theme of my last 15 years almost of work has been almost everything is wrong. Like the previous okay. history that we had, almost everything is wrong. Now, which is, which is just to explain, like that's probably one of the most exciting things that can ever happen to an historian. 
oh yeah it's, like a scientist being proven absolutely wrong. Awesome. yeah it's yeah. riveting because it's a complete like once you get into the sources that it's a green field that haven't been mm-hmm. looked at at all now to back up a little bit yeah i'm not saying the greeks brought pizza here to, to america and all that no i'm not saying that but and it was southern italians in particular who brought it that mm-hmm. is all true um but once you get into the details of it, you get a huge survival, the bias of the families that survived as Pizzeria got to tell their stories. And it got all gar- that, garbled yeah. up in terms of what actually survived for what we know. And once you go to the, you know, and this is the other big thing is that if you're going to know something, you got to go back to the primary sources that existed yeah. at the time and then find a bunch yeah, of them hit, that are not the National dependent. Records Archive and stuff like that and do a proper deep dive. Yeah. You get to real geeky stuff like the property stuff and the newspapers that existed at the time and not the American ones, but the Italian American ones, because those are the ones, if they're going to have an ad, which was rare, they're going to have that ad. So, yeah, I mean, just, really just need- for, for, for those listening, one of um, mine and Peter's first kind of uh, like in-person exchange or not, sorry, not in-person, but first one-on-one exchanges <laughs> was he asked me to help him translate a really obscure kind of Neapolitan poem. Yes, it was a poem, right? Yes, yes, yes yeah, yes. it was a poem, and it, I mean, it, it, it was kind of like a provincial version of Neapolitan. So I was fumbling blind a little bit, but it, yeah, I mean, it, th- that's how into the weeds Peter um, has want to go, which is which is awesome. Um, uh, and I remember you saying you were in UK and you hit the National Archive here and and did some. Some Remotely, I there. wasn't there, okay. but yes, that's that's one that particularly has a few sources. And just to back up on that point, because I've been accused, and by you in particular, I think, <laughs> of being deep into the weeds and meticulous and all that, and we care about all that stuff. It is so important because we don't have a lot of sources. And one of the things that history does teach you, or at least does to me, is to be humble about the things that we know and the things that we don't know, because it's so easy to say, you know, I know this. And it, so it's funny because it's much, much easier to falsify the history that has been out there, but it's much, much harder to say what actually happened. Right. So it's sort of a asymmetry in terms of that. But yeah, you really need to care about the details because when you're going back to the 1890s and saying, where were the pizzerias in America? And we found at least six of them, which before uh, a few years ago, we didn't know any of them. Um, There's so many things that are ambiguous that you need to get as much information as possible. And I still don't have enough. And as I said, I've been working on the deepest story for 15 years and within the last week, I found something completely new. So, you know. But I, I, so that, that prompts a different angle that I was wondering if we'd have time to get to, but I might just jump in on that. Um, and I'll, I'll try and anonymize as much as possible. So the whole do we care, should we care? So there is a particular tranche of the pizza world, pizza world that absolutely really cares, um, i.e. the proprietors of certain historic pizza yep. joints um i'm i'm mainly thinking about new york because that's that's the scene i know um and they maybe care too much to the extent where if their historic narrative is pushed they don't like it and they might have tendency to ban people from their establishments and the the kind of follow-on from that is should they care or certainly should they care to the degree that they do now from a kind of scientific method point of view, and I know you'll be of this mind absolutely as a historian, 
so sh- surely that's awesome. You're finding out new data. It, it makes it, you know, it doesn't vitiate your standing. It doesn't mean that your pizza sucks or, is, you know, it, it's just new information, you know, and it doesn't kind of, you know, it doesn't piss in the folklore. It doesn't undermine that. It just means, okay, there's a new little chapter for us to discuss. Why do you think people get their knickers in such a bunch about that? Oh, I think it goes directly to it's a threat to their identity. Identity. And particularly if you have a family past history that goes back 80 to 100 years, and I'm saying that, well, they're not first, and there was someone actually 30 years earlier than them, that's a big hit to take, particularly if you have something on the wall that's been there. I mean, they've been living on these stories for so long, it's a part of who they are. Yeah, literally, literally dining off them, yeah. Um, and what I'm saying is, you're not who you thought you were. And that that's tough to take. And I understand that. And so there definitely have been some families that have been um, on the downside of the history. And some of the other families who didn't get the credit before love the stuff I'm doing. So, you know, I get it. But but so curious about this a little bit is that unfortunately a lot of the families who I found who didn't get proper recognition never had kids, so they don't exist anymore. So Ah, um, it's a little bit of a sad story. A lot of these stories, uh, one of the other, the bias that I'm intrigued by a little bit is that um, the history that got recorded and told as sort of a popular history has a bias towards a happy story because those are the families that survived and were relatively successful and didn't get broken up or whatever. The families that were there very early on that didn't survive, they're not as happy stories. So, you know, it's there's a lot of sadness. And, you know, I've talked to a number of sources that um, unfortunately died right after I talked to them or some I've talked to and I didn't get enough down and they're no longer here anymore. So you're really at the edge of things that are going to survive or not going to survive. And so I've often thought, you know, what's the point of what I'm doing? Because maybe in 20 years or so, artificial intelligence will be able to go through all the archives on their own and figure out this huge puzzle. But I think what I'm doing is I'm doing that, but I've got the next step of actually going to the families and their survivors, if they're still there, and they're usually in the 80s or 90s, and getting that story on the record. Which I don't think think AI can bring in the, 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 the human interest element. Um, well, no, they're going to be dead. So they're not going to yeah. have the story on paper. And what also happens is the families really don't understand the significance of their stories because they don't have the context of the rest of the story. So they have one bit of information or maybe one bit and a photograph or something like yeah. that. And they think, oh, yeah, that's just grandpa. So no big deal. But in the context of the story, it can be massively important. Yeah. Big, so big, they just don't know. Piece. Yeah. They don't know. Exactly. It's a jigsaw I mean, piece. J- just, just um, one last comment on the, 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 the ruffled feather piece. And then I think, I think we've got to wrap up. But um, I mean, you, you'd think that, well, okay, I understand that it challenges their identity a little bit. But we're talking about fractions of a degree as in, okay, you might not have been kind of de facto the very first but you were certainly one of the vanguards and i don't know i mean i i understand it i just kind of wish you know naively stupidly um that the response was different but like you said anything that buttresses up against people's notion of their self is 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 always going to be thorny um yeah well you'd be surprised i mean a lot of these folks 
that's all they have. And I understand that. And I sort of, I apologize somewhat, but of course I can't not say what I found. (laughs) And so that has to come first. So I have to be tactful, of course, about it. But I think, I think maybe when they see the larger project, they're going to see their role in the history. And a lot of them, I mean, it should be impressive because the really benefit of the family is that they weren't first, but they were one of the few survivors. Well, that's something. Sure. I mean, that's important too. So, yeah, I yeah, think with no, time, things will change. Hopefully. Agreed. Agreed. Um, all right. We, uh, we've got to wrap up um, now. We're almost at the hour. Um, so thanks. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, if you, uh, if you enjoy the show um, and you're watching on YouTube, give us a, a thumbs up and a subscribe. Um, we're also available on the various podcast platforms. Um, and you can find us on TikTok and Instagram under the handle. I need pizza club. Um, okay. That's, that's about all we've got time for today. Um, thank you and have a great weekend. Take care, John. Bye-bye.